All right, we are back with another episode of Pain Points, <laughs> the Kyle and Jeff podcast. Yeah. Uh, we finally have a name. So do you want to kind of outline what, what our mandate might be? Or, or maybe we can workshop that right now for the audience. Yeah, why not? I mean, we went through a lot of names. Uh, took us a little while. You know, this is what, our sixth episode? And we think we finally arrived on a, a good title for the podcast. What were some of the options? Future State? Future State grinds my gears. <laughs> that was the original. I, that, that's where this... For our audience uh, yeah. listening, that's where this was all born out of was I, I used to keep track of a list of, I still do, keep a track of uh, a list of things that grind my gears. Yeah. Um, and Tim Horton's coffee cup lids was right at the top. And that's kind of what started this whole thing. Um, and, but, and look how far we've come from, from coffee cups to, uh, to, you know, smart carts. Smart carts and home delivery apps mm-hmm. and phone booths for the office. So, so really, like, we, the overarching theme we've realized about the show is that it's very much about new products or features and, like, new features with products. And us kind of doing a deep dive into understanding how does this really meet the needs of the customer and... Um, is it something that actually solves a problem or is it something that maybe we as a, as a user of that product would actually find issue with? Yeah. So sometimes it might be something that actually grinds my gears or yours. Um, but I think over time we've seen that, you know, that's, it's not always about that. It's just about really putting ourselves in the shoes of the consumer yeah. and kind of taking an approach to see, you know, what is this product like? Does it solve the problem? And I think one thing that we always like to do, too, is look from the business uh, end and just see, you know, would this make sense with the trends that are happening out in the landscape? You know, what do we think that landscape and the market landscape might look like in the next three, four years? And um, just kind of speculate, you know, what the performance might be or whether or not this company would be around in the future at all. Yeah. So with that said, let's jump into pain points. Uh, Episode six. So today... We're going to be talking about a company called Tonal, T-O-N-A-L. Yeah. Uh, they've been around for a few years, I believe. Um, and what they sell is a piece of home exercise equipment. Um, it's a little hard to describe, but looking at the images here, basically what it is is a large uh, touch screen that you install on your wall in your home. And it's got these two mechanical arms that pop out of it and can be adjusted and off of each arm is an attachment for your hand to grab onto something mm-hmm. uh, like a bar or a handle and basically the way this all works is on this digital screen is exercises um, you know videos and maybe sometimes live I think exercises that you as a uh, exerciser can watch at home and then actually use the machine pulling on the handlebars um, and feel resistance as if you were lifting weights. Yeah, well, I think, you know, if you, if you, if any of you are, are gym goers or have been around the gym, like this is similar to the pulley system that you would see at the, at the gyms that, you know, you attach the little pin to the, the whatever weight you want and then you use the pulley system to either pull or push, um, to, to generate exercises, I guess. Exactly. It's like those with the plates. Yes. Where you pull yeah. out the plate and then you pull the bar either downwards or upwards or outwards. Um, so that's what this is. And, but it's trying to take 
something that is typically only done in a, in a gym with large, big equipment um, and make it really compact and pump, you know, put in a lot of digital technology with a screen and exercises and internet connectivity and make it something that you can use in your home that very, looks very nice and it's very discreet and it looks really slick. Yeah. Um, so I think this stood out to us because it's one of kind of many popular exercise equipment um, products we've seen in the last few years where it's bringing, it's kind of rethinking home exercise equipment with this like digital slant. Yeah, and if you think about home exercise as it's evolved throughout the years, and I remember growing up um, seeing ads for Bowflex or for um, like rowing machines or the Nordic track, and you kind of see these infomercials at like obscure nights or obscure hours in the night, and it was just like, you know, the best home workout and you see this person ripped and and they're they're just doing you know all these different exercises on these kind of different looking machines and i think we've we've graduated or 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 moved towards um expanding the market by introducing kind of these digital tools or or new designs that kind of meet the trends or the needs that are um that the users are are kind of uh along right now so um you know one thing that i think we should do is just kind of go through the features and see you know what yeah absolutely so i think there you can kind of break this product into two categories of hardware and software yeah so and that is really interesting because as you described some of these uh old bikes and treadmills and rowing machines in the past were purely hardware there was no real software the only software component was you know, maybe you had a little attachment that you clipped to your ear and it would get your pulse or something. <laughs> yes. I remember uh, my parents had one like that. So, but now it's like there's a digital screen. You can connect it to your wireless devices. You're watching, you're participating in live classrooms. So now yeah. there's this whole software component as well. So on the hardware front, I, I, I mean, I said it at the beginning, like it looks really sleek. Yeah. Um, you know, there's this big LCD screen. And then there are these two big arms that are adjustable. You can raise and lower them, and then you can put on different attachments to the end of them. You know, maybe it's a full bar, maybe it's two separate handles. And built into, I guess, this device is some sort of technology to create resistance. So when you pull on the handlebar, there's a cable wire, and inside, through some sort of electromagnetism, it creates resistance. Right. And it's basically, creating almost artificial weight right where you're you know in the past you'd be lifting a physical object you'd be you know lifting that metal plate in the machine now it's being done all artificially through some sort of tension that it's creating yeah and so i think it lends itself to a really smart design where it's just kind of on the wall similar to the way a tv would be displayed and it doesn't take up a lot of space. So that was the one thing with the older pieces of, of machinery that we sold in the past, whether it be a treadmill, a bike, etc. Those things took up a bunch of space, you know? You need a full, you know, maybe 20 square feet to do a workout with one of these pieces of machinery. And the reality is these days, not everybody would have this type of space. And even if they had the space, would they dedicate that to a full-fledged home gym? Right. I don't know. And even... 
you know, some of the more basic option alternatives to this, because again, this is very much focused on uh, weight resistance exercises. The alternative to that was maybe you have a, a rack of various weights, yeah. different dumbbells, or you have a bench, um, or you might have a bench press or a squat bar lift, and <laughs> yeah. you have all this stuff. Um, so it, it, that all takes up a lot of physical space. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you buy machines where it's very you know single purpose. Like you can only do maybe one exercise on it, maybe a couple. What, what this is proposing here is you can actually use these adjustable arms and adjustable um, handles to do as many as like 200 different exercises as they claim. Wow. And that very much ties in with the software component. Yeah. Um, so the software component, which I think is really neat actually, is on that very nice screen, you can see someone, you know, a video of someone actually doing the exercises and teaching you how to do it. So this is also kind of solving the trainer piece, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is kind of interesting. Um, as well, there's, I, I believe they might have classrooms, so it's kind of that, you know, you can join in with other people maybe, and if it's not there yet, I'm sure that they'd build in that functionality because this thing is connected to the internet. Um, and then there's another big component to the software here, which is this AI, where they're actually trying to learn more about you and what your skills and, you know, weightlifting capabilities are and adjust and, you know, guide you accordingly. Right. So an example, one of those features I think is really cool is uh, when you go to a gym, sometimes you're lifting heavy weights, you need a spotter. Mm. Um, and if you're home by yourself, you're, you don't have anyone to spot you. So this machine actually has like a digital AI spotter functionality where it will know that you can set some parameters and if you it feels that you're starting to shake in your hands and you can't finish that last rep, it will artificially support you. Um, wow. Which is kind of neat. Yeah, and I think that's that's one of the kind of the coolest features I've seen on one of the in, in the market when comparing to other products that are out there is like the on-demand weight calibration for for individuals while you're doing the workout. I think the the main thing that I've I've kind of read throughout like my not extensive fitness history but it's, you know, really trying to maximize every rep and so by having an artificial intelligence change the weight on the fly will allow you to do that because when you go to a certain maximum of reps that you can do before you reach fatigue you always kind of want to hit that one extra one so that you maximize the benefits from that first set so that's really an innovation that I feel you know is, is unique and in a, in a value proposition for this particular product so do you see any you know, thinking about the hardware and the software aspects of this product, do you see any things that really stand out to you that you don't like, where you wonder how this competes with alternatives? Yeah, so if you go to the gym, there's an array of, of pieces of equipment. And I think, you know, when you go to LA Fitness or Good Life or whatever it may be, you know, there's, there's something for everybody there. The power lifter has the squat rack. The uh, you know the aerobics guy or the the cardio people just want to go and um, you know run on the treadmill and and just like do cardio. Or I mentioned aerobics, they want to go and do a class, and maybe it involves weights, maybe it doesn't. Um, and of course, there's different machines that isolate different body parts. And 
I, I know we're going to get into the pricing, but you know the drawback here is that you know is he is this person whoever created it looking for a one um, one machine fits all body type uh, segment or you know is this just really limited to a certain segment of people which will ultimately limit like the revenue et cetera et cetera. So I'm just wondering you know what are the limitations and is it enough for most people and do people are people looking for something like this already? Is, is this a gap in the marketplace? I just don't know. But, you know, I think they'll have a, I'll have to know more about who they're really targeting in this. Well, if we think about just like the, the hardware, the mechanics of this thing, um, I think it's very, I, you know, I'm more positive about this one than I have been on most of the reviews we've done. Yeah. Um, because I actually think it looks like very well engineered. Um, it looks really sleek. It, it seems like a very novel approach with these adjust, you know, flat screen and then this, these adjustable arms that can be used to do all these different workouts. Um, and they've been able to take all that technology and pack it into such a small space. Um, so I actually think it's pretty impressive. Um, I am curious as to how well it holds up over time. I mean, there are these mechanical arms that you adjust and raise and lower on these tracks built into it, and I'd be curious, you know, how well that holds up over time. You know, if you think about normal gym equipment, it's, you know, it's big, thick metal, yeah. like big bolts, yeah. and, you know, there's just a lot of material there because this thing gets a lot of wear and tear. Yeah. Um, so I'd be curious if something like this that looks really fancy you know, does this hold up as like rugged gym equipment? And, and I think here, you know, I just want to see like you can move the arms to impact different body parts and, and things like that. I, I just don't know if, you know, everybody would be into the, the, the types of exercises that would be just mainly driven by a pulley system. Um, True. Free weights have a lot of benefit in, in using them. It, it it um, allows you to use a lot more muscles or, and to recruit a lot more muscles while doing that specific exercise. And maybe, you know, the, the target market that they're looking at, they don't really care about it. They just want to do the movements and then kind of get on with it. But, um, yeah. But, but you make a good point and that highlights something else that I think is very different about this versus your standard weightlifting is um, the alternative is, you know, li you know, lifting a physical object. Yeah. Um, whether it's through a, those metal plates in a pulley system or it's like a dumbbell or some sort of other weight. Um, I think that that's an interesting thing that you're actually missing from this product because of how it's designed. Like this, as I said, uses digital artificial weight. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it uses this resistance that it creates with the, the cable wires internally to kind of simulate that friction. Uh, whereas with physical weights, I am looking at and picking up with my hands a big heavy object. And they might both accomplish similar things in the end, but they're not entirely equal. Yes. I think that you know there's something to be said about the mental aspect of picking up a 20 pound weight, doing your exercise, and then putting it down and then lifting up the 25 pound dumbbell and going up to a 35. And especially when you go to a gym repeatedly and you work your way up to a certain mm -hmm. you know, physical weight size, um, 
you know, you think about doing bench presses with the big uh, plates, you know, those 45-pound yeah, plates on the end. It's, uh, you know, yeah, you're doing it sometimes and you enjoy kind of the uh, the positive, you know, sense of reward it gives you from being able to do it in front of other people. Sure. Uh, and that's not the whole point of, of exercise, but I do think internally, you know, it, it, this tonal product might be missing out on a certain type of uh, satisfaction you get and some of the experience you get in actually being able to lift weight. Yeah, so that's I guess where the AI comes in is like you can track your reps it seems like it'll track your progress I think the jury's kind of out on you know seeing some some rings fill up on your Apple watch or seeing your progress bar on some kind of piece of software or a dashboard gives you the same sense of accomplishment as one seeing you move that big piece of metal or iron to your intended location for as many reps as you're looking for. And two, obviously the ultimate is like you see some physical and and mental benefit out of it. But, you know, for me, I would say that the progress rings in terms of how much walking I've done on my smartwatch or um, if I, when I use the Fitbit, like how much running I've done. And that's kind of, you can do that on Apple watch. Like I don't, it's just kind of something that you can share, but I just don't feel like it's the same sense of accomplishment or it doesn't achieve the same sense of, of or the same feeling that I would get from, from doing like a big lift in the gym. And I know maybe the exercises are not comparable, but digital like gold stars are those something that resonate with people today. I think like you, I think you highlighted it very well. Like, you know, getting digital stars or rings, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting some sort of accomplishment being told to you on a screen is really not the same type of satisfaction you get from being able to li- physically lift that really heavy object. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that a lot of products, you know, this one and others that we'll talk about in a sec, all have to kind of overcome, which is by trying to digitize something that has historically been very much physical. Analog. Very analog. Yeah. Um, but trying to mesh it with the digital world, uh, it doesn't necessarily hit all the same parts in your brain in terms of satisfaction, motivation, reward. Um, yeah. It'd be interesting to see how behaviors uh, change or don't change with with the advent of all of this digital tracking stuff because I mean it seems like we're pretty advanced now but I really do feel like we're early days in in, in figuring out what um, the impact is on AI and um, dashboard just tracking in general um, a lot of companies are obviously trying to figure that out but you know this is a step in just continuing to follow that trend AI driven um, fitness equipment that uh, is smart, you know? And so I think another thing here too is, you know, what does the screen give you beyond just uh, this is the number of reps you've done? Like I need a little bit more and at what cost? So well, there's classes, what, you know, what, what do they offer as well? So let's get into at what cost, yeah. the actual price tag. And that's, I think, a big sticking point here is this thing costs, the device itself is $3,000 US mm-hmm. and it, then there's obviously a subscription model, which is the 
kind of the software component, and that's where a lot of these companies are going, is that they're turning products that were once one-time sales into how can we create a subscription model out of this thing? How can we get recurring revenue? Um, so they charge a $50 a month fee. Um, I think it 50. might be 50, five, <laughs> zero, 600 bucks a year just to access the software. Yeah. Um, and that, is great. It, that might be optional, but I did take a quick look and it's required for your first 12 months. And I guess they assume that once you use it for 12 months, you're not going to give up all that functionality of being able to, mm-hmm. you know, access some of these you know, internet-based services. Yeah. Um, at that price point, um, then it become it, they've really now f- focused where this can be sold. You know, there's a, only a certain type of clientele now that this really is going to cater to. Yeah. And 50. I just can't get over that number. Um, obviously, I need to... So what is it delivering you? So you, it's, it's smart workouts... It can also deliver you education on how to do the workouts. That's not enough for me. What What's next? Classes? Are you doing it with other people, which is similar to like Peloton, other things like that? AI-driven, within-the-moment, uh, dynamic weight shifting? That's that's new and innovative to me. Yeah. But I just don't see... If, if I've kind of captured all the different things that the software can do, I just don't think there's enough there for me to do 50. Like... Classes alone, I can understand. Like you could, but I don't just don't see me doing a class in front of a of, of a twenty four inch LCD screen. I just don't get that same feeling from doing a class on this. Yeah, and it, uh, you, I mean, on the hardware side, what you're also getting in terms of feature is it's convenient. But you have um, to pay for the piece of you're paying hardware for it. as well. Yeah, no, yeah. the the fifty. Oh, there's a there's an upfront. Like installation costs, or sure. is it fifty dollars throughout the whole year, and you get the the hardware no, no, as well? No, it's right. fifty bucks a month just for the just to access the this, software. Yeah. yeah, or at least to access all the features of the software. Yeah. So I don't, it, their websites that you gotta maybe read through it in more detail to really figure out what you're getting. But regardless, even for the three thousand dollar price tag, yeah, um, you know that's you know your alternative is going to a gym, and you could do that for far less way less per year than uh, the amount you're going to spend on this device. And what, and then this also brings it to question is like, well, what's the shelf life of this device? Mm-hmm. So you, and, and this it is an interesting topic because it relates to things like Peloton and mm-hmm. uh, obviously, which is really popular tre- treadmill with the built-in LCD screen and its subscription model. And then there's, we've seen another product, which is called Mirror, which is a fancy looking mirror that uh, creates like a projection on the screen (laughs) of like exercises. Um, All to say that these digitally enabled pieces of exercise equipment, you know, what is it gonna look like in five or 10 years for the people that bought these things? Are some of these companies gonna go out of business and then you just have this useless piece of equipment because it only really works and you only really get the value if you're also getting the the digital service. Mm -hmm. And if, let's say, this tonal company goes belly up in five years, I have this thing installed on my wall and is this just like a relic of the past now? Is this gonna be like when you go into people's basements and they have a dusty old bike or treadmill? Yeah, or it could be like, you know, the Nomad MP3 player that got outdated and, and 
obliterated by the iPod. A much better piece of equipment. This is early days, like I said before, and let's just be honest with each other. This is for the ultra rich and people that have, you know, money is not really a main concern for them. And that's fine. Like, that's kind of what Peloton is like. Um, but they would be okay with probably saying, yeah, I had Tonal, they're going to show it off. It's a lot, largely ego driven purchase, in my opinion. And then you know, if it's gone in, in 12 months, then fine. They'll just move on to the next thing. I think for the average consumer, we have to think about the alternatives, which we've touched upon, is like, what is the substitute product in which you can get for this tonal experience? And, and that is a gym membership and or a personal trainer if you have your own personal gym. Yeah. And so can tonal replicate or do a better job of having a gym membership or a person and or a personal trainer and for the price for $50 a personal trainer is not cheap I'm not going to put it out there but they also give you would they give you more benefit than this piece of software is the AI good enough to replicate and provide additional value so that the per- the, the prospective purchaser doesn't want to get or or consider a, a personal trainer anymore I, I just don't know and again we're just in early days but those those are things that you know, you and I likely are are thinking about when, if we even considered buying a piece of equipment like this. Yeah, I think. I think it'll. You know what? I'm I'm kind of optimistic about these companies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the price tags are a little absurd, but I do think that they will go down yeah. because, as we've seen with a lot of things, is they start off with as a luxury good, yes. and once they're able to really understand the product market fit and they can start driving their costs down, then they go mainstream. All right. Like we're seeing it, we've seen it with Apple on some of their products. We've, we're seeing it with Tesla, you know, start off as a super high end luxury good. And then you start rolling out to the lower segments. And I think that maybe that's what would happen with Peloton and maybe that's what will happen with Tonal. So I think as long as they can, can you know stay afloat um you know raise money or make this business profitable and continue to drive the price down there's a possibility that this could be uh, a widely adopted tool and then maybe this will help lead kind of take us into the next i guess wave of what home exercise looks like where it's no longer just uh, a bike or a treadmill or some free weights but now you actually have these digitally enabled pieces of equipment. Um, But it just requires that those companies stick around so they can continue providing the digital service. Yeah, and I think what we're seeing from Tonal here and what I really like is the weighting system, the way that you create friction and ultimately build resistance. And that type of innovation, I don't know if I've seen that before, but look at the size of this thing, it's tiny. And it can do up to 200 pounds and for each pulley, that's a fair amount of weight. Like the average person is not going up past that. So that's a lot of resistance in, that's mount, in something that's mounted on your wall. So how can we innovate on just building the weight room itself around this type of technology? The digital aspect is one thing. That's going to get better over time, and they're going to figure that out. But the real innovation here, in my opinion, is the engineering involved in building the resistance in such a compact piece of machinery. It's quite impressive. And, yeah. you know, if you really want to think future 
future state of something like this. What if the, they get to a point where this is such a norm yeah. that maybe this is what actually can help, I guess, change behaviors for a large mass of people who feel like their only option is to do the whole gym thing, you know, pay for the membership, get the training, walk there, find the time. Yeah. And a lot of people, myself included, don't go that route because of all those barriers. Yeah. Um, if this thing could be so well designed and get to the point where it's relatively affordable, where every home has one of these, and all of a sudden now, you know, 20, 30% of the population that was not doing any weight resistance exercises now is doing it. Yeah. So I'm actually very optimistic about this company. I think that it looks really fancy. I'd love to see one in person. Mm. Um, but I quite like it. And if they can just get Chuck Norris <laughs> to, to be their sponsor, yeah. their spokesperson, like what was it, the Nordic track? Yeah, I think it is. I could be wrong. Back in the 90s or whatever, then maybe that's all these guys need to do and it'll really take them uh, to the next level. Yeah. So, you know, I'm excited too. I, I just so out on the class experience or the, or the video workout experience. I've tried some of these things in the past. Fitstar, for instance, which was bought by Fitbit, I believe. And I, I just couldn't get motivated enough and build the environment that would be um, necessary for me to stay on track. Like, I was ne- I'm never a home fitness guy. I, was, I, I love going to the gym or I love going to a place where I know that I'm working out. Similar to the way I work. I, like, I like going to the office and I work in the office because it's a dedicated space. Maybe it's not for me, but maybe my behavior will shift uh, in time. But, you know, the way that they're delivering this in a, such a small and compact package, I, I just say, like, what if you expand that out and it's a freestanding unit and it only takes up, like, the size of a small, uh, small table? You could really innovate on the different types of workouts that you can do within this kind of weighting system, air quotes, weight system. And so that's what I'm the most excited about. The software and all the AI and stuff that's going to come and that's going to be great but i just want to know the physical what are we doing to innovate around this and i think this is the best that we've seen yeah well we will keep this uh on our radar and maybe follow up with it in a future episode yeah uh, but until then i'll see you in the next pain points yeah and welcome any feedback on the on the logo or the the name um you can definitely call us. Yeah. <laughs> number of listeners that we have is, you know, yeah. is very, it's a select group right now, obviously. Yeah, very exclusive. Very All right. exclusive. Thanks, Kyle. All right. Thank you, Jeff.